This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare, brought to you by 1.37pm. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of So Far So Rare. This week I spoke to Perez, not the real Robert Perez, just another member of the community, and we spoke about lots of things including So Rare's recent recruitment drive, the player edition cards, uh, our strategy's been under 23 focus, the rewards pool, the dynamic rewards 2.0, everything So Rare related. This was a really fun episode, I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So, Perez, it's nice to finally meet you. You've been the manager of MFC since the 28th of February this year. And, yeah, it's safe to say you joined right at the peak of the boom, really. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Um, and, yeah, I probably couldn't have picked a worse time to actually join <laughs> in terms of getting uh, value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because, like, it was two weeks before that to the day that I said, okay, this is go- it's go time because it was Valentine's Day, Gary V tweeted, and it's whenever all shit kind of broke. It just went crazy. Um, but how, how was it joining kind of in? Like, I suppose the peak of the boom was late February, early March. Did you come in with a bit of FOMO? Had you been looking at it for a while? What What's your background? Like, What made you find so rare? Yeah, so I was initially on another platform that won't be named. I'm sure we all have uh, interesting <laughs> yeah. experiences on. Um, and yeah, I fo- followed Gary V for quite a while. And I saw him talking about it. And then it was kind of popping up here and there on social. I thought one day I'll just get stuck in. So I think I put a couple of hundred pounds in at the, t- at the time. Um, got relatively lucky with my referral re- reward and then kind of just went from there. Uh, Who'd you get? Made some, uh, what's his name? Merritt, the Napoli under 23 keeper. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would have sold so for a pretty top, penny then as well, being a yeah, keeper. Yeah, he went for, I think it was like 0.7 at the time, which mm. was a nice start. And obviously at the time I thought... Oh, it's nothing special and then you realize the value of under 23 keepers yeah, um, yeah so that was a nice start and then obviously i made some absolutely horrendous first couple of signings like we all do mm. and uh went from there really just scatter gone and not with any real strategy was it i think yeah i think everyone comes in everyone wants those five cards for the reward mm. completely forgets so5 and then kind of works from there um had a couple of ideas when I came on that I wanted to move towards the under 23 and youth approach, which is kind of what I'm focused on now. Um, yeah, it took a good couple of weeks to get there. Um, but yeah, that's basically my introduction to Sobra. Unreal. Well, look, you're here now for what, nearly five months and, and you're well settled in, it's safe to say. I've seen you made a big sign in today. Gravenberg, was it? Yeah, yeah. It's one I've had my eye on for a little while. Um, um, I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. Yeah, it's a, a nice, nice player. And actually, it was the person that referred me in the first place that I bought him off. So it's all come f- full circle in the end. Mm. Um, so yeah, a nice addition for the squad. But it's, I think you're in a similar position to me at the moment where you're just making those final few tweaks ahead of the new season. Um, mm. And I mean, I've been quite busy in the last few weeks, but you've been equally so, to say the least. Yeah, I suppose to keep people up to date, my, my one kind of sign-in since last week, I got Gurna. Well, Gen- the, one of Genesis's uh, yeah, suggestions. If Gurna shouts, or sorry, not if Gurna shouts, if Genesis shouts, I say hi, hi. I just trust the guy. I followed him for a few years from other platforms and all. I know he, I know he knows his stuff. So like, he's been ranting and raving about certain players, and I just try and pick them up. But um, he's really my only sending this week. I've been trying to make moves. I've been trying to swap older keepers for younger keepers because I'm kind of shafting myself with only two hundred twenty-three keepers, and I'm already regretting selling a couple of my under twenty-three keepers like two months ago. 
But yeah, big transition. And I suppose as people get to know for this podcast, me and you are pretty aligned in what we're at. We're both kind of very under 23 focused. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that at, at some stage and why that is and, and what our thoughts are there. But look, there's there's a lot of questions this week. Um, I'm sorry to everyone who thought this was the real Robert Perez. It's not. <laughs> but hopefully this, it'll be even more interesting. Because you know what's a funny thing, right? Look, I'm hopefully going to be able to get footballers in this podcast down the line. So if anyone has any suggestions for good footballers from a so rare standpoint, please let me know. But I don't even know what I'd speak to them about because like, a there's lot of them a- would what so rare is. Reese Wabara, I think his name is the guy who used yeah, to be a yeah. pro for City, and he's big into so rare. So I've seen I've seen him on a into. podcast recently. Maybe I need to look at the likes of him. But um, I'll take that suggestion. I'll write it down, and he's been added to the list. But bottom line is, everyone who listens has been amazing again this week. He's also had loads of questions, so we'll get to them. But there are maybe five or six topics we want to rattle off before that. Two quick things to round up from last week's show. I asked you all to pester Pavel to try and get him on the podcast. Um, very, very funny story. I'll share a little screenshot on Twitter uh, later this evening, maybe. One of my, my beautiful listeners reached out to Pavel and said, Here, you should go on John's podcast. Pavel wrote back saying, Here, I'll buy your gallery. And I believe he bought his gallery for, and it was a big enough gallery. So he reached out to him to come on this podcast and he ended up selling all his cars to Pavel. So go and message Pavel, tell him to come on the podcast. You might lose a gallery. Anyway. Uh, that happened and also yeah do me a big big favor leave a review on apple to try and incentivize you to do it because i know you're all lazy until there's something there i'll throw a, a so rare merch bundle at one of the lucky reviewers on apple so go and steal a phone leave your twitter handle discord name so rare manager name whatever it is at the end of the review and i'll draw one at the end of july whoever leaves a review you'll be in the mix for a so rare merch bundle right damn that's all the plug and shit out of the way so the first topic we were going to discuss was so rare's recent recruitment drive so i had a little look there they've 17 jobs advertised which if i'm correct is is almost doubling the size of their team if not doubling the size of their team this has to be and it's 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 one of those things that people kind of look at and maybe just don't really think too much into but it's obviously very positive you know that's growth that's expansion that's more people to do all the things we need so rare to do um have you any thoughts on it no it's really really positive to see um Obviously, there are little gripes that people have about So Rare, and with the kind of roles that they're recruiting for, a lot of those should instantly be addressed. Um, Mm. I was having a look through the list earlier, and they've got, I think it's a couple of new designers, which is interesting to see what they might come up with there. Um, Maybe your idea of banner NFTs might be uh, (laughs) coming to fruition soon. One day. Um, yeah, it's your idea, as uh, <laughs> as you made I'm, clear. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. I'm sure there's definitely someone has said it before, but you know, I'll fight them. I'll fight them at the meetup. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's a bunch of really, really interesting ones. A lot of it's software, a lot of game software, engineers, player experience specialists, head of customer experience, graphic designers, stack developers, business recruiters, club activation managers. But the ball, the ball ache with it all is that you have to move to Paris. So. There Otherwise. is that. There is that. It's <laughs> well, not the end of the world. No, it's, it's a nice place, Paris. Um, the, the one on that list that really interested me was the product live operations coordinator, which you would think links in with all the issues that we've had with game weeks in recent weeks and, you know, things not scoring right and stuff like that, really, that we probably need an extra pair of hands on and someone simply looking at SO5 on a week to week basis mm. and improving it and making sure we don't have any problems with it. 
so that's one that really excites me. But um, yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting couple of months coming up once they do have those individuals in place. I mean, I've only been on the platform, what's it, four or five months now. And the mm. growth that I've seen in that time has been substantial. So I dread to think where it's going to be in, you know, 10 to 12 months. It should be a completely different product, really. Yeah. It's it's unfathomable where it could go. And I and I know people listening, it's all about balance. But I mean, I'm the biggest and the most bullish person about this platform. That's why I do a bloody podcast about it. But I just think, I don't think it's a case of if. I think it's a case of when. And that's my view. And I could be wrong. But it'll be inter- I just, I'm really interested now to see what happens it's kind of getting to crunch time this summer in terms of new card scarcities, scarcity, scarcity, what the fuck it is, and uh, you know all the rest. It's it's getting to that time where like over the next six weeks we should we should get some really exciting news. Do you know the progress bar, everything else that's due to come in? Like it's kind of getting there, isn't it? Do you know we're only two three weeks away from from some some of the European leagues coming back. We're a month away maybe from Premiership football and, and the rest of the top five leagues. So. Yeah, it could be a really, really exciting summer. Um, but absolutely, I think, worth touching on um, that they're hiring. If anyone is into any of those jobs, definitely reach out. 17 jobs there, doubling the size of their team. It shows ambition, and maybe they're finally kind of... Not finally, they have been, obviously, but dipping into that 50 million investment they secured <laughs> earlier in the year um, to hire a bunch of geniuses. So, is there anything else on that, or we move on? No, we can move on. It's just exciting times. And yeah, as you said, I expect some big news over the next couple of weeks um probably stuff we've not even considered mm. it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me like one thing that i think could come out of left field is like the full championship on boarded or like another league on boarded you know something like that like yeah finishing off syria getting all those teams on board and they can just say they have the league do you know something like that the promoted teams into the the top five sort of champion division um i'd be interested to see all those clubs coming on board i think well, there'll be one a week, obviously. The, the new season starts in four to five weeks. I think we'll have more than four to five clubs coming to the next new season, so I think there will be a batch thrown on at some stage. But yeah. that's all speculation I, I'd be surprised if they didn't have the rest of, say, the French or Italian league mm. kind of filled out within the next couple yeah. of months. It'd be nice to see some more German teams and stuff as well. Do you know, there's so much... Yeah. There's so much they can do. It'll be interesting to see, because I, I don't believe we'll go into the next season personally with only five or six more teams than we do now. That's mm. that's the logic behind it. Um, another talking point um, was the player edition cards and our thoughts on them. <laughs> There's a lot of them that are being kind of bought, well, not bought, taken and sold by pros. Uh, okay. So let's let's find the scumbags. <laughs> so now, there was one initially. Um, I think it was that guy Scamacca, one of the Italian yeah, strikers, he was, and he put his up for like, I think it was like between five and ten ETH. And mm. someone paid for it thinking, oh, well, it's going to be rare. Who is actually going to sell their player card? And then in the last week, I think we had Stefan Fry, who listed his up for just an ETH, um, mm. which I think AJ picked up. And then a few more have kind of crept out. So uh, it's an interesting one to watch. And the reason why I wanted to discuss it is because you've got an interest in kind of the physical card world, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you have cards that have autographs on and signatures. Um Obviously, we have actual units on the platform that come out every season. But what's your view on kind of the player edition cards actually being the most unique cards on the platform? And kind of how does their value kind of go from kind of what it... Do you think the value will go up? Do you think it will go down? Do you think it's a good it, investment? It's, 
it's like anything, right? I think you know, on So Rare, a huge thing people get wrong is assuming that all one of a hundred cards have extra value. All low scarcity cards have higher value. The bottom line is that in the physical card world, the physical trading card world, like defenders don't get a lot of love, goalkeepers don't get a love, don't get a lot of love. They aren't really collectible unless you're maybe talking Buffon and his rookie Cassius, maybe, you know, these really like top keepers who have had really, really big careers or defenders, like maybe like a Sergio Ramos. Mm. What I'm getting at here is you, it's players who score goals. It's players like another point on this, sorry, is that the soccer card hobby itself is very young. Do you know, it's very young. So maybe over time, those other positions will get love. But what I'm getting at here is that just because a card is signed, just because a card is one of a hundred, it does not mean that, oh my God, it's worth something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. you'll have someone trading you a one of a hundred. Like, let me think, who is an absolute shitter? A Tebow, right? Let's say a Tebow <laughs> is one of a hundred, uh, right? If a Tebow yeah. is one of a hundred, his one of a hundred will command minimal extra value over his two of a hundred, his 77 of a hundred, because of who it is. But if we're talking about Lionel Messi, it matters because the demand is there and people want that player and people want to collect that player and collectively the one of 100 is the most. But what I'm getting at here is that I look at that player edition cards in the market and I see Julian Gressel, Greg Ranjit Singh, John Kemplin. Now, for me, these aren't particularly collectible players, defenders and goalkeepers. Then there's Frederick Brillant, who's 35, Big man's just trying to get a payday before he retires from the MLS and his ever-illustrious career. And then, look, oh, Sofian Bouzian, who's a... I think he's a goalkeeper for Mechelen or something. Mechelen, however you say him. Or is that a different team? Uh, yeah, it's Mechelen, Mechelen. You know who I'm on about. Yeah. This is just some 19-year-old chancer who wants to sell his player card for one and a half, Ethan pay for a weekend away with the boys. Do you know what I mean? That's what's going on here. You can't blame them 100%. But what I'm getting at is that, like, would I buy that just because it's a player card? Absolutely not. If Timo Werner lists his, now we're talking. Do you know, if Kai Havertz lists his, if he had one, Griezmann, Dembele, if these players list theirs, now we're talking. I'm on a big rant here, Perez, but bottom line is, just because it's signed doesn't mean shit. Like, if I sign something, someone's not going to buy it. If bloody Sofian Bouzian signs it, doesn't mean it commands value. No harm to you, Sofian, if you listen to the podcast. Maybe he's trying to sell it so he can build a competitive SO5 team. Who knows? Maybe, but maybe. <laughs> what I'm getting at is, like, you can't hold it against them. But it is a bit disheartening, I suppose, whenever we're all like, oh my god, Calvin Stengs is on the platform, or oh my god, such and such is on the platform. And then all of a sudden you see them get the player edition card and just lob it up on the market. Like, it's <laughs> no, a bit I disheartening. That's completely fair completely fair um but we'll be interested in the future when hopefully mm. we've got all these leagues all these clubs i know 100 times as many players on board if players do start listing those cards and they are the desirable players it's just yeah. what will happen how kind of what price would a one of a uh, kind of one of a hundred rare but pro card of timo werner compared to his unique for example yeah because you've not got the utility there but you have got the collectability well, you see, I would rather, and not 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 even from a utility standpoint, I would rather the signed card than the one of a hundred. I think, regardless of what number the signed card is, I think that the player card, the signed card, if it is a collectible player, if it is an elite player, if it's a good player, I think it command, could command serious value. And what is that value? It's as much as someone with too much money is willing to pay. And that hmm. can be anything. 
that could be anything. Do you know? Like if there was a, a Robbie Keane signed card, I'm Irish. I, I want a Robbie Keane signed card. I'll pay you. I'll pay through the teeth for that, just to, for the collectorship of it. Do you know? Um, but yeah, no, interesting. I think at the minute, a lot of these guys who are selling the cards are players that no one really cares about too much. No disrespect intended, but they aren't exactly superstars of the the football world. You know. But whenever that changes, I mean, I could see those cards come on in really, really high values. I really could. Because they're beautiful. Like, they are nice. They kind of gold surround mm. the the autograph there. It's a lovely touch. I, I really like them. And I really rate them. Um, So, yeah. I think that's my thoughts on that. Have you anything else? No, I think that's, I think that's fair. There was a, a funny story. There was a screenshot from one of the players who was selling it. And he messaged <coughs> someone on Twitter about it. Uh, and he was under the assumption that SoRare would give him one new card every year. And that's the reason he sold it. And then someone informed him straight afterwards that it's, uh, that's it. There's no more for you. Um, <laughs> apparently tried to buy it back, which is uh, quite an interesting one. Yeah, that is indeed. It's, um, it's, I'd never thought of that. Like, would they get one a year? They don't. You're sure they definitely don't. Yeah, I think someone, I don't know if it was Dan or someone in the Discord said, no, it's just, it's, it's literally one card per player and that's it. Well, that's even more unique than the unique, then, as you say. That that that's why it's that's your point, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I'm all about that. From a utility standpoint, I'm that's a hard one in terms of you like what's worth more, the unique or that card. Again, I think it comes down to the player, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I think at this stage looked, yeah. in his career, sorry, Dan. I, no, I told on. you your real name. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Perez. I think at this stage of his career, like I would rather the the personal like the the autographed card of Zlatan Ibrahimovic over his unique or I prefer the signed card of Ronaldo over his unique because there's probably a few uniques but there would only be that one signed card you know what I mean yeah I, I and the agree utility that. wouldn't be an issue whereas if he's a 17 year old world leader Adil Ashish say let's or Turkey I'll probably take the unique for a lifetime of utility over the signed card yeah I think I'd agree with that it's just interesting to see over the coming years, as kind of there are more and more cards of the same player, how much kind of growth there is when it comes to the collectability of cards. Because at the moment, mm. I'm very much in the pool of like, it's utility first, everything else second. Yeah. But as yeah, as it as there's more cards coming on board, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how people start to slant their value on cards. Mm. Absolutely. The next topic here. Uh... You mentioned we just talk about how similar our strategies are so you're very under 23 focused what's your logic behind that or what did you pivot to that did you used to just scatter gun or buy the older players who are so5 performers or is it a conscious decision has it been a transition or has it been there from the get-go what's what's the story uh yeah initially it was something i kind of identified as in my in my opinion there's not as much risk as this was something you mentioned on the podcast last week actually um that these young players, you buy them, they might cost a premium, but if it doesn't work out for them, they're not going to drop substantially most of the time. The potential reward on them is absolutely ridiculous, um, as we both agree. Mm. Um, and in terms of the rewards that you can get from the under-23 division, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me at the start to kind of focus on that. Um, so yeah, they were the three key reasons on that. Um, I do have a championship and challenger squad alongside that, but the bread and butter is the under 23s mm. um kind of what was your reasoning behind kind of transitioning from the kind of squads you had to being i would say primarily under 23 focus because you've got an awful lot of good players elsewhere 
But um, yeah. what was your thoughts behind it? I think I kind of realised that the thing that gets me excited about this this whole game is prospecting. And in all parts of football, like platforms we used to be on, it's all about that prospecting and looking forward and thinking about who's going to be the next big thing. And I think being able to buy players... I don't, I don't particularly enjoy the ones like... Who, who don't get game time i love the under 23s who are sort of 21 22 years old they're getting game time i think the thing with them is it's like whenever i do my lineups under 23s where i go first right it's because i want to win those elite under 23s i want the chance at the mbappe i want the chance at whoever else is down there um and if if they're all under 23 and you fill up your under 23 teams you can stick the rest into champion and challenger do you know they're still eligible whereas just because someone's champion or challenger doesn't mean you can fill out the 23s so it's kind of like by proxy by having them all under 23 i can put the strongest possible teams in there and then stick whatever's left in the others i think it's it's that upside versus downside like if you're, if you're picking up duzan tadic i've had him for a long time I'm more than open to trading him for a really solid under 23. But at the same time, when I go and look at his graph on so rare data, I kind of wince and think, why on earth would I ever get rid of this guy? But mm. the reason is that while he might be worth around an eighth now, maybe a little bit under that, in two years, that won't be the case. So it's that kind of like, when when does everyone kind of want to get off? Do you know? When yeah. does everyone go, right, I've had enough, and a few people list him, and a few more people list him, and all of a sudden, he's 0.4. And you're thinking, Jesus, should have sold him in an eighth and put it into a player who, or two or three players, like Trent Alexander-Arnold's value isn't going to decrease that much over the next two or three years. Even when he isn't under 23 anymore, he'll retain value. Whereas like the likes of the 30-year-olds, it's just a ticking time bomb, I think. And I have a long-term view, so that's why I'm kind of trying to transition to a lower age. Does that answer it? I think that's kind no, of that- it. No, I think that's fair. That's completely fair. It is the cross-utility as well that is nice. And you might yeah. know, I think you have to accept that if you've got an under-23 squad competing in Challenger or Champion, unless you have those truly elite cards, you're probably not going to place that well compared to everyone else that does have those stacked 30-year-olds, for example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd agree Apart with that completely. from a freak week. It's a freak week. So yeah. for me, it's like, I want I want to win under-23 prizes. I want to hit my threshold in the global. But filling out the champion and challenger there will be a week in the season whenever the young psv lads all kick off together or the young lads from leon all do it together you know there will be these weeks um so yeah it's more like if they're solid under 23s in the champion and challenger well you're definitely at a disadvantage against the likes of your Kimmicks and your de bruyne's and ruben diaz in a team like that'll happen um partnered up with Depay and bloody a goalkeeper <laughs> who's a world beater you know the, you're going to be up against teams like that there still is that lottery ticket chance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's it's what people are into. If people want to win champion cards, enter champion. If you want to win challenger cards, enter challenger. I want to win under 23s. So that's where I'm going. Um, I agree. I agree. How did you, um, how did you find the move in terms of purchasing those? Because I know you've got quite a lot of super rares. Um, yeah. And I transitioned to, I purchased a few super rares at a similar time to you. And I found it an absolute nightmare to get value yeah. at the moment how did you find it oh it was a disaster i think like <laughs> i think something i'm gonna do maybe soon as a youtube video on buying super rares because it's an absolute minefield um i think quinny has some great content on it but like the thing i found with the super rares it was so different from the rares with the rares usually there's always someone who's wanting to sell them and there's a couple of people trying to undercut on a lot of players albeit in these under 23s particularly the good ones 
it can be really hard to get your hands on them. I've been trying to get my hands on like an under twenty three keeper who's good for like a week or two, and I don't want to just go out and straight straight up pay. But there's not many people who are open to the trade, even if I'm giving them equity on the trade. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to get it over the line. But with the super rares, it's a killer. I was really like, you have to wait for the auction because they're they're so scarce that on the secondary market, whoever are the like one or two people who want to sell this card, they'll just dictate the price. And you'd be like, well, that's not really a fair price given you won the auction a month ago for a quarter of that. And comparable players might be X and Y and Z and they're all going for point this. But you're trying to charge me 2.8. It's like, look, come on, like, let's be real here. And no, I don't really care about selling. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you've selling. absolutely nailed it. That. You've nailed it. I had someone that had my eye on and I think he went for point point four on auction. And a couple of days later, someone put him on the secondary market I messaged him and I said, are you interested in actively selling him or are you just putting him on the market for chance? Like some people do. Mm. And he actively wanted to sell him, but he had him up for like 1.2, expecting three times what a sale went a couple of days ago. And that's Mm. the problem with kind of going for these super airs at the moment is because finding value is just an absolute nightmare, absolute minefield. Absolutely. And I think that made me go red. Okay, I'm going very auction-based with it. And I'm just going to whip up my gallery now and who i bought like a lot of my super rares when i look at them are like jonathan david nicholas raskin kulisevsky kakare rafael leao when i look at them it's like they're all really really good talents they're all really really strong and high upside but at the same time would they be my five ideals if i had that money to pick the five i want at what is considered a fair price if that makes sense no yeah. but you don't have that luxury with super rares because people will try and they'll try and steal your granny you need to actually <laughs> just have a list of 50 and wait for the two of them to hit the auctions and then you need to go after them at auction bundles are pretty good i found so on, yeah. that's another thing quickly on bundles like i got kulisevsky in a bundle and i think i paid like just over two eth 2.3 or 2.4 eth which was a lot but chiesa was in there Morata was in there. Ramsey was in there. I've got Morata and Ramsey sold already. Chiesa will be probably getting 0.8.94. So it dramatically reduces the value of what that Kulisevsky super rare actually cost. But I'm such a hypocrite because if I was to list Kulisevsky in the market, I'd look at who's there. If I go to Kulisevsky, right, any of them listed. There's a super rare listed by Zima Plu for 4.9 ETH. I'd be like, all right, 4.5, do you know? And I'd be just another one of the fucking scumbags who I hate. So that's it. That, is, that is the annoyance. It's you go on a secondary market and you see the same couple of accounts putting their super rares up every couple of hours. And you do wonder if they're actually expecting someone to buy them at that price or if they're just putting up there to stunt on people. Um, but yeah, I fully expect... Sorry, well, the prices are ridiculous. I fully expect... The reason I bought like Jonathan David and the reason I was so bullish after going after him is because of the mad sort of collectorship of him in terms of like he's canadian um americans and canadians are obviously used to collecting cards for years there's that added collectorship kind of like alfonso davies yeah and my logic is if and when this booms a lot of what i'm doing is building towards i want collectible cards which the under 23s tech normally are because people want those prospects they want to try and find the next messy i want all these guys so that whenever shit hits the fan again because i think it will i really do think we'll have another time like february march and prices will be astronomical i'd like to think that there'll be some crazy canadian who wants their jonathan david because he's the guy and they've got more money than they should and i can list him for five eighth and get it 
I fully believe that can happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but I think it's possible. So I, I think what I'd find hard, and this is a topic I want to bring up to you actually, and one that we haven't planned, I will find it very, very hard if there's a February, March type boom in the next few months to not liquidate like everything or a lot. No, I've, I'm the same. I've got, I've It'll got be a figure hard. in mind. Yeah, I've got a figure in mind that if if there is a boom, like there was in Feb and March, and it gets close to that figure that I've got in my head, I'd have to heavily consider it, even though mm. the enjoyment I get from the platform, and I'm sure you're, yeah, you're the same. Yeah, it's 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 a killer because I'm thinking like, the it it works. It's all going to be peaks and troughs, and next time it booms, give it a couple of months after that. The, the issue is you get sucked into the phone when you think it'll ne- it's never coming down, and it probably won't come back down to where it is when it does boom, but it'll come back down. So let's say we started out, and this is me just picking random numbers, we started out last, say, November, December, it started long before that, where let's say X card is worth 500. The Gary V boom, whatever happened, and it went to 2K, and now it's back down to a grand. So it's maybe half since that boom, but it's still double what it was before. So let's say we're sitting at a grand. Next time it booms, it might go to bloody, it might go to fucking four grand, and then it'll come back down to about two grand. We're still double the value we were before. That's a really confusing way of getting the point across. But what I'm trying to say is, I think when it does explode, I'd be inclined to sell a lot, hold an ETH balance, and kind of sit in my hands. Keep what I can't sell. Keep a team or two's worth. Keep players that I'm attached to, because I definitely want skin in the game, particularly from creating content. But like, the, the Joe Felix, for example, I have him to sell when it booms. The Jonathan David, I have him to sell when it booms. The other Jonathan David rookie, I have it to sell when it booms. Do you know, there's cards I'm actively buying for that reason. So, that's the kind of side topic, but it's just something to be aware of. Like, people need to maybe think about, not necessarily exit strategies, but like, what happens if shit hits the fan here? What am I selling? Am I selling? Am I buying? And what am I doing? Because it'll come out of nowhere, like... And if you've thought about it, you're less likely to do something you'll regret. But yeah, I agree. You need to have you need to have an exit strategy, like regardless of if it's if it's for positive reasons or negative reasons. So mm. I think it's good that you've got something like that in mind. Because we all like to think like we're never going to sell, and oh my god, I love this platform and it's going to ten million users and it's going to be amazing. And while I fully believe that, I do think there'll be opportunities. Like, imagine you'd sold at the peak in March and rebought now. You'd be laughing or rebought a month ago. Do you know what I mean? You'd be homing a boat. So I'd be thinking, like, right, learn from the past. Whenever shit starts hitting the fan, sell things at extortion prices. Good luck to them. And just trust the process and hope they come down again. If they don't come down again, you'll kick yourself forever. That's the issue. That's the killer, isn't it? That's the game. That's, That's the game. The game. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um... Bottom line is me and you're both pretty under 23 focused. Now, a big thing people are probably expecting to hear about, and they're probably amazed it's taken 30 minutes for us to get here, it's uh, Dynamic Rewards 2.0. They re- announced it today and sort of, or yesterday, and delved into to a bit more depth today and talked all about it. Can I be really blunt about this to you? Go on. And I really hope you care a lot about this because... And I know it's it's kind of counterintuitive, like people like, oh, this guy who who's a podcast. There's so much stuff that people on Discords, on Twitter and stuff really care about that I just couldn't give a shit about. Like, I just trust that the rewards will be fine. I'm one of those lazy bastards. Like, I'm the type of guy who at work, I'm in the union 
and I just vote what my mate tells me to vote who's in the same position as me because I'm like look I trust you have the same I, I, you have the same interest you care more than me like you're going to look out for me as well it's kind of like I trust the community that like if there's any wrongdoing someone else is going to kick up a fuss and then I can jump on board and have a look for me it's kind of like look the rewards are there I trust the team could they be improved probably are they that bad no I'm just going to play the divisions I plan on playing and win what I win so that, that maybe people are probably looking at John you're a fucking disgrace I get it I just I don't know I think I read it and it's like oh that's great but I mean like I'm still just going to enter everything I was going to enter anyway but I think it's good news the bottom line is the gist I get is that we all win more cards am Three I right yeah yeah it's yeah. Um, I think they're taking some tier 2 rewards out of division 4 and putting them into division 3 which I think we've discussed offline is needed because division 3 rewards currently aren't particularly great mm. um I know a lot of other people are unhappy about Division 4 having rewards taken from it, which I think is fair. But equally, they're putting a lot of new tier freeze in. I think they're throwing a lot of did-not-plays in mm. red somewhere, which will be interesting. Um, I'm not sure how happy I'd be if I, you know, placed for a card and got someone that's never played a game in their career. Mm. But it is what it is. And I think Sora said it quite clearly that, look, it only takes one game for that kind of player to kind of kick on. And you might have a card that five or ten X's itself in the space of a couple of months, potentially. Mm. You see, the thing I find funny with that is, right, I read that, that they've got a bunch of DMPs, and I read that paragraph, and I was kind of thinking, like, how are they going to introduce that? Are they going to have more rewards? Like, are they going to be, like, bonus rewards that are kind of thrown on top? Are they going to be incorporated with the current reward structure? Are they going to be a new tier that's added over the next few weeks? That's tier four. Tier four is what I think they'll do. I think that's the logical approach to take because you can't have tier threes that are playing games and have clear utility and then just throw loads of did not plays and can you, realistically. Mm. I don't think people would be particularly happy about that. No, because, no, there'd be people, like, there's... I'm blessed because I get in relatively early. I have a big enough gallery. I have won cards. Do you know what I mean? I, I've podiumed. I've had the joys of that. But I equally, there's people who I see, like, as... They've been in the Twitter community for ages and they're posting about uh, winning their first card. And I'm thinking, dear God, do you know, they're winning their first card. And if you get a shitter for that first card, that's, that's grim. Do you know what I mean? That's not a nice yeah. experience. So, like, throwing in the DMPs and these random guys who've benchwarmed for four years, albeit they could get the transfer that ignites their career, and I get that. Having that mixed in with Tier 3s who are actually actively playing players who maybe have shit scores, maybe they're rotated a bit, but they are playing it's just not ideal and i think it'll just cause more trouble like people obviously if it's extra and it's bonus rewards we all love free shit we love that but at the same time i think in terms of the press <laughs> in terms of what you're going to see on twitter people are going to be like oh my god yay we can win these dmps but what they will do is go holy good fuck i've won a dmp do you know <laughs> it's it, no, there's only that, downside exactly go. yeah there's only downside from a social media perspective if they mix them together it cannot come out good, in my opinion. No, I think there needs to be a new tier. Um, and yeah, everything they put in that Medium post yesterday, I completely agree with. The only thing that I've got a little bit of a worry about, and I know a few people in the community do, is um, the quality of certain players in the pool. So obviously mm. you mentioned earlier, the aim for you is to get a star reward every week, if possible, because you want that Mbappe or Donnarumma, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like with the dynamic wards, though, that quite a few cars that arguably shouldn't be there are in there. I think there's 
several young PSG players that have never played a minute who are in there because they're rare and their value on the market has been quite high, even though they've never played a game. So I think mm. there's a question there of Sora having to be quite careful that they don't dilute the quality of the pools. Because yeah. for me, when it comes to SO5, the attraction is those pools and you want to get the best rewards. And just imagine what it'd be like if you won your first star rare and you've got an 18-year-old at PSG who's never played a game and sells for 0.2 ETH on the market. You can imagine... Uh, mm. You can imagine that. I mean, you got Nuno Mendes a while ago, didn't you? Yeah. As a star rare, which actually looks quite good compared to some of the cards you can currently get in there. <laughs> I'm just looking. Like, I mean, the star rares now for the Global All-Star D4 this week. Like, I was just looking. You know, you, you might get your Davies, your Alfonso Davies. You might get your Lewandowski, your Neymar, your Tadic, your whoever else. But in there, there's like Hulk. There's I mean, like, there's some there's some stinkers in there, isn't Adan. there? I mean, if you <laughs> like Adan's solid as a keeper, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, Ch- Chavi, yeah, Chavi, Yavi, Chavi. Why am I getting broken here? <laughs> why am I broken? I've just had one of those brain farts. Iniesta and Chavi. It's Chavi, isn't it? Chavi. Yeah. Chavi Simons. Like, yeah, very promising. Never played a minute in his life. I get it. Like, to be in the global all star pool. Um, there's a few kind of ones that you'd look at. You'd be like, I not wouldn't be. I wouldn't actually be that disappointed with him. Relatively, there's some here you'd look at and you're like, geez, imagine you got that. Yeah, I know. That that's the problem. It's the gap in kind of what you can get at the top of a pool versus the bottom. Yeah. Which I think they'll address it. I think they'll address it. If I'm being honest, they'll have. Uh, I think they put another blog post out today, didn't they, about transparency with mm. um, the rewards. So I mean, if there's players that shouldn't be in there, I'm pretty sure they'll just remove them. But uh, it's not a good look, though, is it? If you do get a really naff star uh, star rare, the thing is, like your I first don't. Card. Yeah, no, I hear you. I don't think they're contriving to give out shit rewards. I think they want the best possible experience. I just think it's maybe this: they they don't want to to stick someone in tailoring the rewards and tinkering through it all, doing it like manually, because apparently that could lead to people accusing them of. Like, if it's a computer and an algorithm that does it, they can kind of be like, well, that's what the algorithm said. Whereas if it's someone physically doing it, it's there's more accountability in a sense. Am I, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, you don't I want I read someone, that somewhere. Yeah, you won't want someone fixing it so you get, say, an Atibo every week. But you, you need some sort of automation, don't you? So it's completely it's yeah. completely random, which I'm, I'm sure it is. And I think they put something about that in the, um, in the Medium post today. Mm. But... Um, just want to keep an eye on with the dynamic rewards and there's going to be more rewards but is that a case of more rewards equals kind of lesser quality and quantity quality isn't it pools? yeah 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 well look people cried to win rewards they're going to win rewards let's just hope that the stars and whatever can still retain their quality <laughs> like you don't want to be winning shitters like but um like yeah like there's some like there's even in like tier one and stuff there's some terrible players in tier one you get very excited about getting one but i mean there's so many players there your chances of getting one that you're over the moon with, they aren't actually that high. But I think that's just the game. Like when you think of world football and you think of collectability and you think of the best players in the world, there aren't really that many and they sell half of them. So to last a whole season, do you know, there's only so many people that are going to get world beaten rewards. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think that's fair. Um, to be fair, I've got I've got complete faith in the team. Um, yeah. I'm sure you're similar to me. I have as much faith... I've put a lot more ETH into the platform now than I did when I initially joined. And yeah. a lot of that is down to the team that we've got behind the platform. Rather than just the platform itself, if you kind of get what I mean by that. 
Mm. No, I, I get what you mean. Like, I back the team, I back the platform more than my ability, to be honest with you. So, like, I'm just kind of <laughs> like scattergun by all the under 23s, and let's just hope so we're knocking out of the park. Yeah. Um, but again, disclaimer, I felt that way about platforms before and it didn't work out. There so, is that, yeah. Do you know, don't listen to, to me sitting here ranting and raving and sending things to the moon. Do you know, do your own research, make your own decisions, be critical. Um, so yeah, one or two more quick things um, just before we get into questions. We have about 20, 25 minutes left here. So there was a question I think you wanted to ask me. Yeah, it's a really, really important one, which is, did you send that card back? I don't know what uh, card you're talking about. So that Tesco of a user, I think you compared him to. This is fabrication. (laughs) I did. I sent the card back. I sent the card back. And I sent it before you even told me you were going to send. I think you can check the transaction history. I sent it before you mentioned you were going to bring it up in the podcast. Um, Yeah, I think so. I think he's all guessed who it was. It was Pavel. So I did a big trade. I did a big trade with Pavel for... I got, let me go to my club, I think I got um, Cole Bassett, Efrain Alvarez, George Bellow's Super Rares, and Ricardo Pepe's Rare. And I sent him, I think, a Cole Bassett, a George Bellow Rare, a bunch of shite, and maybe a Super Rare of some description. I can't remember. But one of the players was the Mario Fernandez, and I didn't send it, not on purpose. Two days later, setting lineups, I seen Mario Fernandez and McGowan, saying, he shouldn't be here. And I didn't know what to do because <laughs> it's Pavel. But then I find myself thinking, like, I want to have Pavel on my podcast. I want to make deals with Pavel in the future. And I don't want to be known as a fucking scumbag. So, yeah, I just sent it back. <laughs> I think I was sitting here one evening. I was like, what am I doing in my life? I should have sent this the minute I noticed it. But, yeah, I sent it. But it's that uh, dilemma. I think to myself, like, being completely honest, if I didn't have a podcast, if I didn't have a bit of a social media presence and if I wasn't making content would I be a scumbag and would I still have sent it? I'm thinking, am I doing it to be a good guy or am I doing it because I feel pressured, you know? Let's be honest, you, start, you would have kept it. You would have kept it, come on. You start thinking, like, <laughs> am I a fucking scumbag or am I a nice guy? So, I don't know. I'd be interested to know what everyone else would have done. Like, honestly, hand on heart, like, what everyone else would have done. No one in the world knows, do you know? If if no one else, no one in the world knows, what would you do? Um, It's a, it's a proper moral dilemma, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of like... It's like going to the shop and they give you an extra tenner in your change. Do you know? Yeah. Do you tell them? No. <laughs> so, do you know? So, like, when you put it like that, it's different. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. Look, Pavel, the, if you listen, the, yeah. mate. Come and chat to me about it, bro. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I did. Mario Fernandez is no longer in my gallery. But I think Pavel's huffing with me because I sent it to him and he just accepted it. He didn't message me and say, oh, yeah, like, fair play. He didn't say anything. And then I messaged him about something else and he didn't reply. So I think Pavel's huffing. He must listen. Um, he must have known I nearly shafted him. But anyway, uh, last topic just to bring up and then we'll do a few questions. Division 3 entry. Not allowed to use the progress bar um, if we enter D3 is kind of what we were told in the last announcement about that, which was a couple of months ago at this stage. Tactically, what are your thoughts? So, like, I have went super rare heavy. I would be absolutely wasting what i've got to not be going d3 d2 that's what i'm trying to do so i will be entering and i'll be jeopardizing the the this progress bar but it is a much harder decision for people with one super rare with two super rares with no super rares mm. it it does kind of 
it'll keep a lot of people at D4 and lower. It will. That's been said a lot already. It's interesting to see how Sora are going to incentivize people making the leap to D3. Do you know? And maybe that was part of their logic for increasing the rewards there. I think it's exactly that. Um, I had a, a bit of a dilemma when you initially announced it because that was around the time that I wanted to move up to D3. And I thought to myself, okay, over the course of, say, two or three months, you could potentially get a tier one star man, obviously, depending on what they actually tell us in terms of how you achieve those. Um, but I think it's one of those, as you've said, that you, if you've got the quality super rares, it probably makes sense to make the jump. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one to watch. It'll be interesting to see if they do stick with that, whether they tweak it slightly. Um, but we'll see over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. I think like what they could do down the line, we all just think of prizes as Ethan cards. They have been very, very, very vocal on how they want this to be all about connecting the real world. And whenever they do flick that switch, that owning a rare card in a player enters you into a draw with all the other rare card holders to get a signed shirt of that player once a year, or whenever they flick it that you get free pints when you go to grounds, that you get free tickets to games, that there's a draw for a Champions League ticket and only unique holders are entered to this. Do you know this sort of thing? When they really flip that switch and you need to enter D3 and the the bonus top prize, are like all the normal prize there, but also if you win D3 this week or if you come in the top 10, you'll be thrown into a Zoom call with Messi. This type of shit. They're the examples I always use. Um, the winner of D2 this week gets to go fly over to Portugal and go for dinner with Ronaldo. Do you know this type of shit? <laughs> like, this is dreaming big. If it ever gets there, those experiences and real-life things could further incentivize people. Like, it doesn't just have to be cards, because there are a finite number of cards. There is, there isn't a finite number of ETH, but there is a, there is realistically a finite amount to be they can afford to be given up every week and to incentivize people but whenever they throw in these intangible collectible kind of it's worth the like beauties in the eye of the beholder it, it's it's worth what someone's willing to pay when they throw out these experiences that are invaluable that are just once in a lifetime experiences you know what i'm getting at then it's like oh geez i have to go to d3 to have a chance of having dinner with ronaldinho do you know, you know i have to why, why would i not I have to try d3 now fuck the progress bar so i don't know maybe that's where they'll incentivize people further down the line but to be honest, getting the masses onboarded, they're going to be onboarding them at D4 and below from a competitive standpoint, you'd imagine. Um, that's it. Initially. You, you need to work from the bottom upwards, don't you? Ultimately. Yeah. I think... I don't know what I... I don't think they'll... I think it's going to be very hard for them to make it like that you can stick in 100 quid and become a millionaire over five years. You know, I don't know how you would progress from D4 to D3 bar winning a couple of special weeklies and getting super rares at the minute. Like, how do you... I suppose if you win a bunch of star rares, you can sell one, buy super rares. That's that's the way, I suppose. But I think what I'm trying to get at is, like, well, the progression's there. I think anyone who really wants to progress to the upper echelons has to... You have to have money. You have to deposit something substantial. It's like, well, the progression's always there, it's going to take you 15, 20 years. I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out. It's going to take you a long time. You either have the money avenue, the money route, or the time route, and the experience and the the luck and the actually entering things like to, to progress. You accelerate that with your finances. What am I trying to fucking say here? <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely you have agree. to pay to that, play. You have to. You have to. Yeah, you have to pay to. If you want to make that next step up, it's one of those that you just have to pay ultimately. Um, 
But I'm sure in the future they'll put new avenues in that we've not even thought of in our wildest dreams. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, right, that's that. So is there anything else? Uh, I'm going to skip over just the last point we had there in, in just looking at time. But 15 minutes to rattle out some questions. You happy enough with that? Yeah, go for it. So we've probably covered a lot of these, um, but we'll mention them. So Nick Taylor says, if Prime Perez was on the platform, how good do you think he'd be? What's the affinity to Perez? I assume you're an Arsenal supporter. Yeah, it's just <laughs> everything you could want in a player, he could do it. Um also a very good looking man. Um fair. But yeah, honestly there's there's nothing lot to like about Robert Perez. I'm sure a few uh few rival fans uh would say otherwise. But no, just a player I've always had an affinity with, really. Yeah, no, I always I remember him growing up, he was like around like prime whenever I was getting into it. Do you know when I was getting into football? Would have been what, fifteen, twenty years ago. Um it was prime whenever I was kinda young and starting to care. And a lot of my cousins supported Arsenal around the times of the Invincibles um, so yeah fair play to you, what's he do? he's coaching now isn't he? Yeah I think he's a coach somewhere um, yeah I don't yeah. know actually where, what he's doing now So that's kind of that. a disgrace given your name but, uh, I mean I mean, there were a lot of people <laughs> disappointed that it wasn't the actual PRS turning up but as, as, we said, <laughs> yeah. as we said free pod, maybe in a couple of years give it some time Yeah. yeah. Um, James who is at Shoeshine1973. He'd be interested to hear our thoughts on when cards will be minted for each league before the new season, each league's new season, before, during, or after the first fixtures, as it makes a big difference in negotiating trades when you don't know when the next batch will get minted and scarcity alters. So, great podcast, he says. Thanks, James. Go and leave a review, and you can win a so rare merch bundle. Everyone else, go and do it. Apple's the only place. Don't ask me about other places. Apple, Apple, Apple. Thank you. Um, so yeah, like this is going to be a bone of contention over the next few weeks. We've obviously got about two weeks until the Jupiler Pro League and I think the Eredivisie and a few others maybe start to come back. Are they going to be throwing cards out before then? I don't know. No, I think if you look at what they did with the MLS, I think it was a couple of weeks into the season, wasn't it, that they started minting the new ones? Because um, they need to get all the kind of licensed photos don't they for the cards um and based off what i've been told about last time around it took quite a while mm. so i'd probably say a couple of weeks into the season we can probably start to expect to hear something about it this is actually a huge reason why i like going under 23 because the thing is with the older players the cards don't have the collectability so when the new season cards come out it makes sense to switch to the five percent bonus do you know, all, unless you have a really highly leveled up player already and you have that XP built up. But, like, there's more incentive to buy a new season player. But with the under-23s, I always try and go for the guys. If I'm getting a new one, I try and get the first print. I try and get the first season. I try and get the rookie. Within reason. If it's Cherky, I just don't think I can afford that. The premium there is ridiculous. But you know what I'm getting at? Because then I know, even when the new season cards come out, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care that's about it. your 5%. It's the collectability long term. And that's that's a collectorship point that a lot of people may or may not know about. When you're talking about collecting sports cards, it's rookie or bust-like. The rookie is everything. Second year, okay, if they're like literally the GOAT, if they're one of the best ever, it'll hold a bit of weight. But I mean, if you're talking about like, like think of a really good player, Lewandowski. If it's not as rookie, second year, like get it in the bin. No one gives a shit, mate, from a collectible standpoint. So, like, people trying to get, oh, the one of a hundred bloody 
third year on so rare guy like someone who's in the Jupiter Pro League who's been there for seasons I don't know what I'm getting at here but like the one of a hundred of like the second or third season's print it's like it just does not hold anywhere near the same weight for me that the um the rookie does so that's that's another reason sorry in terms of new cards coming out for the Jupiter Pro League and whatever else like whatever lads go and have fun go and get your Charles de Kettelaires go and get your Yari Versharens but if they're if they're not the first season like if I have the first season one, I, I'll sit on that because that's the one that'll have the collectible value long term, um, and it stops me worrying about the kind of frenzy about values whenever you have that, because otherwise you're starting to worry about like oh should I be selling them now to try and buy them back next season when his price drops or should I do this you know when you're under twenty threes you just don't really need to care about that as much. Yeah, Does I think that it's spot sense? on really. Yeah, it's spot on. I always go for the old, the earliest mint that I can get for a player the better. Um, mm. It doesn't make any sense to target the new ones. I've got a few players that I want to sign next season that aren't on so rare just yet, so obviously I'll need to go to the market for those. But um, no, completely spot on. New players is the interesting one that I just don't know why I haven't really thought about. It's the new players that weren't there last season. That's where it gets yeah. very exciting. The new rookie cards for European leagues. Now, that's that's exciting. Um, So we'll see how that goes. But um, I don't know when they're going to come. I think for James here, we can only speculate late. Um, Cody Gakbo's So Rare Army, who I think is YDM1 or Super Hands FI. <laughs> more names than. Ah, oh, there's definitely a funny metaphor there. Anyway, more names than something funny. Uh, in all seriousness, you're both big and under 23s now. I'd like each you each to list your under the th- radar three defence midfielder and forward, as realistically no goalkeeper is under the radar anymore. Who's going to have big seasons and why? Don't just pump your own. So, defender, midfielder, forward, who are under 23 are going to have big seasons. Did you have a look at this? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a slightly tricky one because even those that are really under the radar are still pretty expensive just because mm. of the fact they're under 23 and the season's about to kick off. Um, but the three that I had in defence, I had someone that I did used to own but I had to sell him up for a bigger trade was, I think it's Getroida at Feyenoord, who's mm. a young right-back, also plays centre-back, has some really impressive peak scores. Um mm. And he fits in really well with the Matrix because he's just incredible when it comes to individual duels. So he can rack you up a... Most weeks he'll get you a 50. It's a really, mm. really nice card uh, to have. Uh, in midfield, and I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, uh, Yele Batile, I think is, is how you pronounce it, who plays for <laughs> Antwerp. Um, he's just moved over there. Really solid performer, really cheap. I think he's like 0.07. Which for mm. an under twenty three card, you're looking at around that for most of them, really. Um, Some really solid scores last season, and Antwerp have a brand new coach in who's highly rated. So it'd be interesting to see how he does under him. Uh, and finally, slightly more pricier option is Jackson Maleka for Liège, who absolutely tore up the Belgian playoffs uh, towards the end of last season. Really, really powerful forward, um, great finisher. I think he's been on fire in preseason so far. Um, a little interesting fact about him I think his card has the wrong age for him as well so it'll be interesting Ooh. to see what happens in a year or two because I think you'll have like a card which says he's 24 but it'll be 23 so you have a 24 card in under 23 um, from the get go so it'll be an interesting it's one interesting. to watch there yeah. Absolutely. but those would be my three I've picked three, right? And I've done exactly what he said not to do and picked them for my club. And the reason for that is that is if they're on so rare and I think they're going to have a big season, I have them. So, like, 
I'm not going to try and pump these and sell them for hire. I'm holding these guys, so like, deal with it. Someone who I think is decent value, who I got, I swapped them with McBride. Um, I think I swapped them for my Philip Max, who's solid enough. Jean-Claire Todibo, who has just re-signed with Nice. And obviously their new manager, Christophe Gaultier. Um, I think I've got that all right. I'm pretty sure he's over there coaching yeah. now. Uh, I think it could be really good for him. Obviously, Saliba was doubtful. I haven't checked. I haven't looked up Saliba on Google in a week or two. So maybe he's left. Maybe he's staying. But yeah, he's off to Marseille. Yeah, yeah. Him, him leaving was a big risk. I suppose to people thinking, oh, well, that's sort of tearing apart that great partnership. And God knows how good Tadebo will be next season. But I think at 21 years old, really good coach. He's had some really solid scores at the end of the season. I just think, like, you know, this is a kid who is almost one of those football manager ones that everyone really rated now I might get that chance as a starting centre-back in a champion team with a good coach. I think it could be a big season, and I think if you can get a hold of his, his rookie grand, if you can't, who cares? I mean, you'll get him for probably 1.5-ish. I don't know, maybe 2.2. You know what I'm getting at? I said 1.5, I meant not 0.15. I mean, he's so not being minted either at the moment, is he? Because he's at Nice, isn't he? So he's not currently yeah. getting minted for next season, nope. so... You just need to hope and pray that they don't get added anytime soon, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, I don't know. He He's one who I would maybe throw out there. Um, I'm actually eyeing up a super rare. Zima Blue has him on the market. Doesn't like to move his prices. He has it said pretty clear in his bio. <laughs> so, I don't know what's going to happen there. I'll, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on it. But, uh, that me, I'm rambling here. Midfielder, I've mentioned him before in the podcast. I just think he's going to have a great season at Bruges. It's uh, Charles de Kettler. Not that expensive either. I actually robbed him off Pavel whenever he dropped and everyone panicked. Um, but yeah, I just think he's going to... Like in terms of when I look at my gallery, when I look at... like if I, My gallery's who I believe in for next season, who's young, who's under 23. So like that's where I'm looking. I just think he's going to be a really good scorer for me next season. I think he'll get game time. Um, so yeah, he, him. And then forward-wise, again, here comes another one. I just think like price-wise for what he is, from a potential collector standpoint, he's still massively undervalued. I really do believe that is Ricardo Pepe. I think being 16 years old, he's a tall kid. He's scored a few goals in recent weeks. I actually find myself sticking on one of the, I think it's Dallas he plays for one of their games the other night while I was sort of sitting up late. And like, he's just young. He's getting goals in the MLS. It says he's 18 here. His card says 16. Um, Maybe two birthdays in that time. But I mean, you're getting him for sub point two. And I mean, he's American, so the collector base is there. World Cup 2026 is coming, baby. The Yanks are going to go mad. And if he's a, if he's in the conversation for, I don't know, just a big transfer to Europe, um, pulling an old Giovanni Reina, a Christian Pulisic type vibe on us, you know, you know the collectability there is through the roof. So I think for the price he's at, the age he's at, the SO5 scores he's putting out, I just think he could have a big season. I know we're mid-season MLS, so that's not going into the next season, but that's who I think is maybe undervalued from a collector ship slash SO5 standpoint. That's why I yeah, bought really them. Yeah, they were really good shouts, yeah. That, like, that's why I buy them. Do you know, that I wouldn't have... Like, if there was someone who I was going to plug to you and be like, yeah, this guy's going to have an amazing season, I would have him. Do you know what I mean? No, that, that, that's completely fair. <laughs> that's completely fair. I tried to avoid it because I just didn't want, didn't want the accusations of pumping. But no, yeah, you don't hold bad players. And you, you've obviously taken the approach of kind of... Um, tidying up your port and focusing on quality rather than quantity which is yeah what i personally think is the best approach to take yeah absolutely um okay 
quick one or two more. Uh, this is what I think Alan C sent to me, and he said under the Twitter post, just say, here, I sent you a DM, make sure you get to it. So he had this weird altercation on Discord he just wanted to throw at me. So he isn't really sure what happened, and he wants us to just have a look at it. So I probably should have sent you the screenshot, but I didn't. He says, hi, John, this is a weird one on Discord, and I wondered what you think, as I'm quite new to so rare. Another manager wanted to swap my Van Ottel for his Van Ottel. I think there was a mix-up in translation, but it didn't sound honest to me. I think he wanted my card as a transfer with no price showing, so that he could sell it as a higher price. It all sounded fishy, so I, sold him, I told him no thanks. Um, have you come across this before? Is it an underhand way to... If it's an underhand way to go, it might be worth mentioning your podcast. Didn't say comfortable with me. So basically, I think your man says to him, I have Van Ottel, his price is going to rise, I don't want to show people the buying price. So he wanted to swap them. What he's trying to do is he didn't want people going and looking and seeing that he bought the card for, I don't even know what the price was. Let's say he bought him for 0.1 and this guy Alan had bought him for 0.1. He didn't want the two cards saying 0.1. He just wanted them having the blue arrows. So he was saying, we just swap each other's. We lose the half XP, but no one will know what we bought them for, even though so rare data exists. Exactly. And then we can up the price. So that's what he was trying to do. So Alan was like, don't understand. This guy was like, check the offer. He's like, why would I do that? It's the same player. I bought him so low. When I want to trade him, they want him with low price. It's the same card, bro. There's no trick. Alan was like, I don't like that. He's like, why not? It's not cheap, but okay. Have a nice day. So basically, he was just trying to like swap his cards around so that no one can see what he got them for so we can Yeah, he probably thinks he's really smart doing that, but he's not smart enough to go onto so rare data and just check. (laughs) Most people do that. Um... I've not had that happen before. I've had a few people message me on Discord and Twitter if I'm listing a player asking to list him higher to pump the average price up, which also doesn't work because you can check so rare data and see what the recently sold is. I had um, it actually last week that happened. And I'll tell you what happened. I had Yaramchuk, and it was about an hour before the deadline going into like a week where he was one of the few forwards with the game. I think Ukraine were playing... Who were they playing at the time? Denmark? Did Ukraine play Denmark? Denmark put them out. Sweden. Was it Sweden? Sweden. Sweden, It was was an okay fixture. Um, And a guy messaged me. I had him at like, I looked at the market. Let's say it was like, I don't know, 0.3. I had him for like 0.325. Relatively fair thinking someone's going to FOMO into this before the deadline. And he was like, hey, what do you say we raise the price up? We're we're the only two on market. And I was like, all right, what's yours at? I said, okay, no bother. He'd cancelled his. So I said, all right, well, fuck it. You know what? There's no other market. Someone's going to FOMO. Someone will send me an offer. Like, So I put it up then for like 0.375. And this fucker comes in and puts it at 3, 0.37. You cheeky bastard. So I was like, fuck you. I ain't going back down to where it should be. So I went right back down to like not 0.31 or something. Still didn't sell. Like, But um, yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. I didn't I didn't like it. <laughs> Makes sense. It's all, it's all like... That's it's the game. It's the game as we've it's squeezing said, the supply. It it's it's up on the value, but at the same time, it's like I actually did want to sell them, so it didn't make sense for me to try and just deter people and squeeze. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's some some sort of shady shit goes on out there. Um, we're getting to the end. There's some great questions here. Uh, big. I'll ask. Is it Josh Fourth Everton? People ask them every week, and I definitely skip over people's questions. We've answered a lot of them. To be fair, in the topics we covered. Um, do you have much to say on stable coins? Because do I don't, I don't understand them. Do you have much to say on that, or will we um, skip it? No, not particularly. No. Josh, thanks for the question. I'll ask it another week when someone who particularly cares about them is here. Because I don't. 
Not that I don't care about them, I just don't understand them enough to really go off on one. Uh, McBride, McGawker, we'll finish with him. Two Bob Squirt gave a good question too. Oh, there's loads of them. Jay Fraz. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much. It stops us running out. I'm sure there'll be a week where we've no questions and, and I'm shouting at you. But uh, reaction to the dynamic reward updates with the overall podium prices up 30% and podium payments. Are podium payments enough and what effect do you think this has on card values generally? So we kind of discussed this but like what do you think? That, how do you think this affects card values in general? This dynamic rewards 2.0. The ETH rewards wasn't something we covered. Um, but people can check that out in the blog. It's a tricky one, really, because um, it's not going to be linear in how it affects everything. Um, mm. and it's from, positive. Uh, my fo- it's, it's definitely positive, but with my four or five months on here, if you try to predict what would happen, it usually doesn't work that way. So mm. it's one of those where we could speculate for hours and we'd probably still be wrong. Um, but it is a positive. It's certainly a positive for the platform. Yeah, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, well, now my lifetime yield and potential winnings have gone to this because of that, and for that reason I'll invest more. But maybe it's given a few people that little nudge to deposit. Maybe it's given a few people that little nudge to go to D3 because the rewards are a bit more. Maybe it's made a few people just take that extra bit of of exposure to so rare, and with that will in a small way increase prices so like i don't think it'll have negative pressure in the market but i don't think it'll be overwhelmingly positive like it hasn't boomed today do you know what i mean um so i don't think there's any real like direct answer to that like straight off the bat um are podium payments enough uh i've not seen the exact figures but i always think with the podium payments is that your primary concern when you if you Mm -hmm. finish first second third because it's completely it's a secondary concern if i was to win that mm. um yeah i mean you you've won a star i haven't won one yet so you probably <laughs> probably be able to tell me i had a purple patch in march i think at the start of march i'm going back in my tournament history here to look i had a second in d3 global all-star on march 19th can i will it tell me what i won here if i click in in terms of the prize i'll choose it shows me my team that's nice to look back on i've sold pretty much all of them anyway um the ETH was not a concern to me at all. Um, I think I was just so caught up in the chances of winning Mbappe or chances of winning whatever that I didn't give a shit about, like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4 ETH. But, I mean, it, it is nice. Um, if anything, like, while it... I don't know what the current, like, peak is, like, what the most ETH you can win if you win, like, a D4 is. I think this week it's, like, 0. 0.5, like, half a coin if you win the D4. And uh, This week coming. I mean, considering the lack of teams playing, that's probably fair. I wonder what the max you can win in D4 on a given busy week will be sort of next season. I don't know. It's not my primary concern. Yeah, I think the Mm. logic's fair behind it, obviously. If it was the same every week and it wasn't kind of fluctuating depending on games and teams, etc., then it's always going to be the bigger users, isn't it, that are going to be able to Mm. profit because they've got the teams they can put out every week. Um, I know some won't like the changes, but I think long term it's probably the best approach to take absolutely i think um time wise we'll probably just have to wrap up now with the 137 game so perez i don't know if you've if you've heard the 137 game but basically you're you're joining a bunch of shite scores we've had mel jay hoodwink all have absolute howlers so hoodwink last week picked sasinia who scored a 99 
and a guy, is it Bulthouse or Bulltweese or something? Um, I have him written somewhere, who didn't play. So Hoodwinks actually win him with a score of 99, 38 points off the target. So with the upcoming game week, which I believe is game week, what is it, 182, can you pick two players to try and get a total of 137? So I've picked Neymar and uh, Danilo, the Brazilian right back. Oh, yeah. As my two. Neymar and Danilo. Okay. I think Jay Fraz might have went for like a Brazil kind of heavy team. I think he went Neymar and Casemiro, but neither played. <laughs> or, or Casemiro got a few minutes and scored 28 points. So you just need them both to play, which should happen because it's a final. Uh, yeah, I'll be surprised if they don't start. Yeah. Yeah. So look, good luck with that. If you win. You have to you have to beat every guest up until the end of July, and the winner will win some one thirty seven pm merch and some so rare merch. And again, just to reiterate to everyone listening, leave a review on Apple. You can you can win some so rare merch as well. Make sure you leave a way for me to contact you. Pierre, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything you want to plug or pump or where can people find you before you leave? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at afc underscore Pierez, um, and I'm pretty act- active on the so rare Discord. So if anyone has any questions, wants to discuss anything in regards to 20, under 23s or anything like that, then just uh, yeah, fire me a DM. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I'll have them tagged everyone on Twitter. Make sure to chuck them a follow. Go and follow on So Rare. Go and follow me on So Rare. Um, it's Bobby Perez on So Rare, I believe. Because, yeah. yeah, God knows when social media features will come in there. And other than that, I suppose I'll see you on the leaderboards, the under 23s next season. Game on. Yeah, hope to see you there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you later. Okay, so that's all for this week on the So Far So Rare podcast. Make sure if you want to win that So Rare merch bundle, you leave a review on Apple. It'll help everyone find this. And do me a big, big favor and share the podcast on your socials, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Make sure you tag me. And yeah, it was great fun catching up with Perez. Great lad, knows his stuff about the platform. And I particularly enjoyed some of the the awkward conversations uh, we had and the the tough topics we covered. it seems to be a weekly feature at this point so make sure you follow me on instagram and twitter to see who next week's guest is and make sure you leave that review on apple if you want to be part of the draw for the so rare merch Uh, make sure you leave your handle there so i can contact you and uh, yeah look after yourselves have a great week and i'll talk to you soon